If you set out to try something new, perhaps a diet, a hobby, even a career, what's the best way to ensure you have the most rewarding experience and outcomes? For most people, it would be to study, read books, check out YouTube, and ask people who have already succeeded. But can that strategy apply to relationships? Today's guest, Nick Maytash from The Evolved Man, took the same approach when he decided to get real with his relationships, particularly when he decided to become a husband and a father. Using a deceptively simple approach to learning that he'd applied in other areas of his life, he set out to be a great husband and a great father, leveling up his skills one step at a time. Nick shares his journey to now coaching men in their evolution from guy to man to husband to father and answers five big questions about how we can thrive in our marriages. This is Made to Thrive. Are you tired of just going through the motions? Do you know that there's more to life, but you aren't sure how to become all God made you to be? Are you looking for a community of people who aren't perfect either, but who want to be fully alive? This is Made to Thrive. Each week, we encourage, equip, and empower you on your journey as we interview experts and share resources to help you every step of the way. Let's thrive together. Nick Maytash, welcome to Made to Thrive. Thanks for being here, man. Thank you for having me, dude. I am, I'm really appreciative of the opportunity and looking forward to what we unravel in the combo. Yeah. Yeah, I think unravel is probably an appropriate description of talking about marriage. And, uh, you know, it, it's, and I even think about this today actually is my anniversary uh, as our 15th. And uh, my right. wife said, you know what I want for our anniversary? You to record three podcast episodes in a row. <laughs> Maybe she didn't say that. <laughs> We're celebrating this weekend. But it's funny when you get to a certain point in your marriage and you're, I mean, I think sometimes you you kind of look back at what you've created or what's what's become of your relationship. And I think Unravel might be an awesome place to start, which is thinking about how do we get here? So I love just if you want to dig in a little bit, like your interest, like I really love following you on Facebook and we'll we'll link to all your stuff and the show notes. Um, But, you know, what's your what's your interest in, you know, in marriage as part of the evolved man? Yeah. So like the work that I do, I coach men specifically in the realm of relationships, but Mm. I always kind of tell my guys, like, I'm not going to sit down and talk to you about how to talk to your wife and how to coach you through all of that stuff. I'm really here to help you figure out who you are so you can show up to your relationship in a different Mm. way. Um, And that interest kind of, it's kind of the origin story of, of how I got here in the first place. So I, I always kind of say like, Every guy that I've come across that have gotten has gotten into this realm of personal development, wanting to figure out who they are or get to a place where they haven't been before, everybody has an access point, some door that they're walking through, mm-hmm. some part of life where you wake up and you're like, I need to figure out how to be better. Yeah. And mine was marriage. So I was dating my wife and actually today is the seven, seven year anniversary of me picking up my life from my hometown and moving it to where she was, which was about 100 miles away from where I grew up. And it was, in my mind, it wasn't a crazy risk. I knew where we were headed. But at the same time, 25 years in one place, just picking everything up and just, quote unquote, risking it on this girl that I had known for a year and seeing where things would play out. And so it's a seven-year anniversary today of me moving. And then we got engaged and proposed and then got married. As soon as I became a husband, it was just as if this like switch went off because it felt more important. It felt, mm. 
like boyfriend is cool, fiance is great, but husband just felt important. So yeah. I had this notion of like, I have to figure out how to make sure that I can be the best for her. But obviously the intention was husband and father, like they're going to pair together. That was mm. kind of where we were headed. That was the trajectory we knew we were going to try for. Obviously it's not guaranteed, but that's what sure. we're going to try for. Sure. So I just kind of started going down this path of, and I think it's a natural thing for guys too, is let's figure out money. <laughs> like, how do I be a provider? Because it's the role that we kind of adopt. It's what we've been told and taught is the yeah. important thing. Yeah. So I started reading money books, right? To figure out the, the financial side of things. And in a couple of those, in one in particular, there was a couple concepts or things that you could try, some tasks that you could take on. Mm-hmm. And so I tried them. And what was cool was I, I tried whatever they suggested. I saw a result and I saw that our life got better because of it. And that nice. was the the beginning of what became kind of like a drug to me of finding ways to try new things for myself and now i just kind of expanded out to life relationships health and fitness finances whatever um but it was in in one of those first few books that i was like all right i'm gonna try this thing i've never tried anything like this before in my life in terms of the the things they were asking you to try to do but i saw a result and i was like oh okay Here's information. I applied it. I got a result. Let's see how this yeah. plays out. In other it's areas. like a big science experiment. Right. So then I went from the money books into like, okay, well, let's go to personal developments more in general. So I started reading all the books like, you know, seven highly, uh, seven habits of highly effective people yeah. and yeah. mindset and all of this stuff. And, you know, I had this full bookcase of, of books and I hadn't read a full book cover to cover until that moment, like aside from being in high school and being asked to do that. Like I never did. You probably really did do it then. Ever. <laughs> Right, right. Cliff Notes, Spark Notes. Cliff Notes, a full book. I mean, that's debatable. <laughs> right, right, right. So I just like just got the 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 itch to to continue to get better through cool. all these things I was learning and applying, and and then in that process, I just kind of understood that I knew more than I did before. And as we spoke about before we we hit record here, I come from the world of education. So I have taught high school and middle school math for over a decade. So I have this skill set of communicating difficult information. Mm. I go to kids that have no idea how to, you know, uh, solve equations or, or do the quadratic formula or anything. And I find a way to figure out or help them figure out how to get there. And now I had all this information about how to be a better man, be a better husband, be a better That's human. Cool. And yeah. I was like, I, was like ah, I have this info that I want to share. And I have the skill set of knowing how to share difficult information. Yeah. So I started to kind of pull them together and started a blog called Moving Past Mediocre and just shared regularly some of the things I was pulling out of the books I was reading, the podcasts I was listening to. And that kind of slowly trickled into this organic, people kind of seeing me show up differently on Facebook, reading some of my blogs. And over time, I would just kind of very vulnerably say, hey, anybody want some advice on this stuff? I'll, I'll coach you. And then that very vulnerable, strange and awkward ask of, hey, I think I want to be a coach slowly grew into this thing that is now the evolved man where I get to sit down with guys that are kind of in a spot that I was in when I started this journey, not necessarily when they started marriage. It's not that spot for everyone, but some Mm -hmm. people it's, they're going through a rough patch in their marriage and they want to figure out how to be better for that. Or they're becoming fathers, which was another gateway for me into like another depth of, Oh, good God, life is is becoming more challenging. I need to figure out uh, (laughs) better better expanding. Right. The capacity needs to grow. Yes. So it just, um, it's a beautiful kind of reflection of who I once was and how I've grown from there and being able to kind of look back to 
the guys that I now get to coach and sit with them and share things that I learned, but also allow them to, to kind of figure some of it out uh, along the way. Like just going back to the that's parallel great. of education, mm -hmm. I, I can't give kids answers. Like that's not right. teaching. That's just informing. Yes. And to teach is to show them the process and allow them to kind of fail and flail through that and get to a place where they don't just know the answer, they know the process. And that's really the same type of, of kind of take that I take with coaching is I'm going to give you some tools. I'm going to give you some things we'll talk through. I'm going to ask you to go try them. And then we're going to kind of talk through what you learned, what you don't understand still. And then by the end of our, our time together, the goal is that you have the tools to walk away and have a decent idea of what you're doing. Yeah, I'm not here to be a codependent crutch for you. I'm here to kind of... This isn't a three-person marriage. Right, right. Uh, I'm here to amplify where you're at so that yeah. you can walk away and, and be who you wanted to be when you started. Um, so that's kind of the, the origin story to where I am now and, and the, you know, the gratitude I have for being able to sit that's with awesome. guys in the spot that I'm at now. I love it. And I think it's, it's funny because I, I just, I, again, it, you know, sharing that background in education. And I think about one of those like classic questions, like, when are we ever going to use this? And everything you're doing in coaching <laughs> is answered when we're just doing this because everything we're talking about is going to be, you can turn around tomorrow and use this like in your life and you'll have a construct to apply it 10 years from now and 20 years from now. And uh, I love that. I love that journey, especially as you <clears throat> said too. And I know, I think pretty recently you had your your first boy, right? And yeah. so your family's growing, like like, and there's just this whole realm coming too. I know just my just because I'm a little bit ahead of you in, in the kids' world of yeah. like just it it so much of it. And talk about the evolved man is having a, a clear sense of who you are in these specific roles. Because you're not like, it's like going back to algebra. If I teach you the answer for every single potential problem, you're learning, you know, however many hundreds of thousands of different answers on their own. But if I teach you processes and, and principles, then you can apply them to the situations that your kids are going to bring to you or your wife's going to bring to you. You're like, I've never even heard of this before, but I have a process for, for trying to figure out what, what's really going on. I'll go back to my <laughs> reference table. I'll figure it out. I'll, I'll figure it out. I always yeah. kind of joke that like parenting is this weird paradox where you are set to task of, of taking care of these little humans and trying to teach them about life. And while doing so, they are teaching you about life and how to grow into yes. someone that can do that job. It's like this yep. weird educational, like codependency of like, there's something here that you're doing that I got to figure out how to, 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 you know, to, to, to evolve for you or with you. So yes. I have to go do some research and I got to go yep. back and figure out how yep. to do that for myself so I can come back to you. And so it's just this, this kind of entanglement, but where both parties are growing together, it's just yeah. that the adult is the one that's in charge. So you have all yes. this pressure. I know you're on the hook. It's the blind leading the blind. That's no fun. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So, and it's, it's funny too. And I, what I love about this is we're here to talk about marriage and we're talking about parenting because, and this is my biggest challenge with writing Why Aren't Men Thriving is because I'm, I'm trying to pretend like these are discrete areas. <laughs> they, they all just blend so much together. Uh, so I'll go back to parenting for a second in the context of marriage. How has parenting changed maybe even your perception of what 
like you talked about when I got married, I was looking at, you know, husband and eventually father, if, if you know, that was in the cards, yeah. but then that actually happens. <laughs> so how, how does that, how does that role change the, the husband role change in fatherhood and, or how do you keep that marriage as a priority when you've got these fairly needy, fairly selfish beings, right? <laughs> They're nice. They're cute. <laughs> but they yeah, demand a lot, darn it. <laughs> that they do. That they do. Um, so I think I adopted this mainly when I started the whole process of trying to figure out how to be a, a quality human for my then you know, for my wife and then eventually kids. Mm-hmm. Is you know, I came across across the concept that I had a lot of resistance to in the beginning, but now it mm-hmm. makes complete sense to me, which is you have to put yourself first. And if you love someone, if you care about someone, you have to take care of yourself so that you have the energy and the patience and the, mm. the want to pour into them without feeling the resentment of I'm giving this all to you and you should be forever grateful because I'm sacrificing all of who I am for you. And that, you know, in the construct of marriage, like, again, I just come from this place, my, my, you know, my childhood growing up, I have loving parents who are still married I always just assumed that like they just did everything for each other. They take care yes, of each other. Yes. And, and it just naturally happened. Right. So like I just get into marriage and I'm like, oh, well, that that can't be true that you just take care of yourself first. That feels selfish. But now that as I've, I've applied it and, and done things like, oh, make sure you get your meditation and your exercise in before you go hang out with family. I, I do it. I wake up before everybody else just so I can do that. But I know when I, on the days that I do that, I show up with a bigger smile. I show up with more presence and all yeah. of these things yeah. because I have the energy to do that. And I know I've taken care of myself. So I just kind of take that idea of how I have treated my marriage, making sure I'm taken care of first so that I can pour into my wife and applied it to our kids as well. I, I recently wrote a post on Facebook and some people had some pushback, but I think they're probably coming from the same place that I had in, in, in my past, which was, I said, understand this. It's you, her kids in that order. And I think the natural unconscious thought is when you're in a marriage and you have kids, it's kids, probably her, and maybe you. Like you might the have lawn, some left in the tank. The dog, right. then you. <laughs> right. Yes. But it's the same concept. Like you have to make sure that you are taken care of so that you can give to your wife. And I said your wife first because although we are trying, we have this task of trying to educate our kids about how to be good human beings. The hope is as well that you show them what love looks like, that you show them what, what you know, uh, kind and civil conversation and conflict looks like. And that mm-hmm. comes from prioritizing the second level of taking care of the marriage because the kids, and this is not a list of how much time you should give to each thing. It's, sure. it's a priority of sorts. Cause I give myself maybe an hour a day. I give my wife more time than that. And I give my kids way more time than that. Yes. So it's not about how much time is allotted. It's how, how much are you focused and giving priority to first so that you can let it pour kind of downhill from there. Because yes. if I'm at, let's say the top or the leader of my family, which I think my, my wife and I are very much partners in what we do. But if she sees me as someone that I'm, I'm leading her to life, it's got to overpour from my cup into hers. And then it's got to overpour from her cup and our cup into theirs. If we give, give it to them first, and then I maybe give some time to my wife after the kids are down. At the end of the day, I'm exhausted. I'm resentful. And I'm frustrated that I'm not as far along as, as the protector and provider that I wanted to be because I've been right. giving it all away. So it was really just understanding that in the, the context of our relationship and marriage and how it was important to take care of me first and seeing the value of that over the few years that we were married without kids. 
that when the kids came into play, it was like, okay, I know my time is going to be limited now, but I still need to make sure that I'm getting some meditation and I'm reading a book or listening to a podcast that I feel like there has been time for me. And there's also been time for my wife and I um, within the, the realm of us trying to take care of these little humans, because if we gave it all to them, <laughs> my daughter, she's three. She's uh, like the most energetic human being I've ever met. <laughs> like if we gave it all to her and then she just ran the house until 8 PM when she sleeps, we would just look at each other at the end of the day. Like let's try it again tomorrow. I don't know what the yep. hell to do. <laughs> yeah. Yep. We have to make sure there's time carved out and set aside for us, for myself. And, and then, you know, the kids just kind of benefit from us making sure we're taken care of. Yeah, that's cool. And I've uh, a number of people that we've talked as the, as their kids have grown where they're facing some empty nest issues with really having a marriage based on the kids. Mm-hmm. And they're kind of a little wary of, you know, of what's, what happens when the kids leave and they, and they realize that they really don't have it much in common anymore. <laughs> you know, that shit, that common purpose or that shared purpose was keeping some kids alive, which is noble and important. But when the kids are, are gone then, and, and you see, you know, my divorce rates after, you know, after the kids leave the house are kind of scary, um, you know, given how long that is. And so even just prioritizing things in that way allows for, you know, that, that continuity, that foundation to be built long after, I don't know, the common purpose, the common enemy, however you want to look at it when, when the kids are out. Right, right, right. Um, Cause you get like, uh, so I, that's, I guess I, I, if you've seen that or if you, if you've wrestled with that a little bit, like it gets really easy to default to just taking care of the kids. Oh, for sure. Between you and your, yeah. you and your wife. And, and how have you, how have you fought to have, I don't know, more in common than just that. <laughs> right. Uh, well, my wife and I both have a business, so that's something that we kind of pour energy into for ourselves. Um, and not to say everybody needs to go start themselves a business. So they feel like they have some purpose outside of their family. You don't have an LLC. I I really don't see what the point is. Come on, kids show up. (laughs) Um, so I I think that gives us some outlet Mm. that is specific to us. Um, like my wife's a makeup artist and she's really, really good at what she does. Like really amazing. Um, way better at what she does than I am at what I do. (laughs) Like, it was so last year with being COVID last year and all of the stuff that went through her being a makeup artist, she mainly does weddings. So weddings were canceled, pushed off. She basically had all this stuff removed from that purpose part of her. Plus she became pregnant with our son. So she just kind of looked at the calendar as it was getting depleted and people were walking away as it was. And she's like, I'm just taking the rest of the year off, gave back deposits and was like, I want to stay safe for, for one yep, sure. at the same time, like everybody's canceling anyway. But what happened was not having that thing that was for her, we had a lot of conversations about like, I, I kind of don't know where I fit in. I, I'm making mm. a baby, which is important. Mm. And I have a husband who I love and I have a, a daughter that I love, but I just, there's something here that's missing. And I think that was kind of highlighting what is is kind of the the crux of whether it's having your own business or having a passion project or having some hobby that's specifically yours having something that is is just an independent enjoyment is crucial for me it's my business for the health of your marriage right right yeah like it's 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 my business sure but it's also that me time where i'm just like enjoying some books in the morning with my coffee 
or uh, whatever the case may be. It doesn't have to be this huge, audacious, like, oh my God, I'm going to start a business. But it really was highlighted last year with COVID with my wife um, having to, or at least choosing to step away from that thing that she was pouring energy into that was hers. And now as things have kind of gotten back into place, um, she really loves getting back to the makeup stuff because on Saturday she'll go out and do a wedding or she has her home studio. Like it's right in our house. So people will come over and she'll do her thing for like an hour and a half while I take care of the kids. And I can tell that she comes back to us refreshed because she had didn't have, didn't have to be mom. She got to do yeah. something she enjoys doing. She got to be paid for doing something she enjoys. Doing. She got to talk to like, adults. To, right. right. <laughs> Most of the awesome. conversations between adults though, is just like, how are the kids? That's well, I know, but it's at least, it's a little bit more meta at least, at least, <laughs> at least you're not talking to right. the kids. Meta. Right. While they're like <laughs> they're, tapping on your shoulder. That's right. Hey, yeah. Yeah. Why do I do podcasts during nap time? You ask? Well, <laughs> that's I understand. because they know where my office is. Right <laughs> yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah. And that's, <clears throat> it's funny too, because you think about the answer to improving your marriage isn't always doubling down. It's understanding oh. yourself a little bit, uh, you know, and understanding about, you know, kind of meeting the needs of these other parts of your life so that you can't like, you can bring up a more filled up uh, instead of used up self to the marriage. I think that's really cool how you guys are each living that out differently and get to be cheerleaders for each other along the way, which is awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, she started, so I didn't have a business yet, but I was reading all of the personal development and entrepreneurial books. And it's only a matter of time, man. And when she started her business, I was like, Oh, I have all this information I want to share with you. So you can, and and so she kind of like took some of it and then did her own thing and then I started my business and it's it has been cool for us to kind of have this back and forth. Sometimes we talk about business, most times we don't because by the time that the kids are down and like let's just have a glass of wine and yep. hang out, hang out. Um, you know what I mean? Right. But it 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 really is so important. I've seen it in myself. I've seen it in other guys' relationships that I coach. Like if if you're your purpose and your life and your worth is dependent on the family or your marriage and making sure that they feel, you know, happy or, uh, you know, in love, whatever, as soon as they have an off day, as soon as they are, are, you know, experiencing some stuff that makes you mm -hmm. feel disconnected. Now, all of a sudden, if you don't have anything that you're doing just for your own good, it's all dependent on them kind of yeah. saying you're doing yeah. a great job and it becomes a dangerous play on self-worth when these other humans that are naturally going to have off days are the, the source of your happiness or the source of your joy. I mean, they're my kids and my wife are the, the biggest part of my joy and happiness and peace in my life. Well, peace is iffy with my, my daughter being a three and nuts, but yes, it's, it's yes. But the, the point is like, they're the biggest source of it, but at the same time, they're not the only source. And because of that, we get to thrive in a way that I've seen a lot of guys kind of falter cool. because they're, they're waiting for the people around them to kind of gather around and say, Hey, good job, buddy. You've, you've done a good right. job here. Right. Um, which you have a different is perspective. great when things are good. A more, a bigger perspective too. Right. I think about that actually when, going back to education for a sec, we yeah. had a, as a teacher, there was a particular year where we we're going through a contract dispute and a strike and everybody's freaking out, but I always had side hustles going. So I was like, well, I got more time, <laughs> you know, like I, it, there wasn't this one measure of 
my income or this one measure of my, you know, like you talked about, like my, my validation for it. Like I've got a broader perspective, which actually allows me to respond better to my wife and my kids, you know, with, with stuff's going on. Cause like, it's okay. We've been through these battles before. We'll figure this out. Yeah. It feels high stakes when everything is focused in one area. Yes. You know, if you have, yes. I think I remember Tim Ferriss saying this a very long time ago, like having different ventures helps because some days you're going to win, some days you're going to lose. And that's true for all ventures you have. Right. But if you have your hands in a couple different things, so you have a family you care about, you have a business you care about, you have a job, whatever. Like if all three of them are on fire, awesome. If one of them are having a bad day, okay, you still have this other thing that you can look at and say, life is still pretty enjoyable. Um, but when you put it all in one basket, when things are good, awesome. When things are not so great, now all of a sudden you feel like the foundation of who you are and what you're showing up to do in this world is at risk. And it's like, oh, that, that, that kind of wears away at who you are and your enjoyment of life if that one thing you focused on all of a sudden is on the rocks, which a lot of guys do with their relationships with their family because it feels, it feels honorable, it feels noble to put that as the stake in the ground, like this is what I'm here for and everything else doesn't really matter. And it, it's counterintuitive, like find other things that matter though. Yeah. Because if if they're only the thing that matters, on their off days, you're gonna have off days. You have no way around it. Um, and you also it, are putting a ton of pressure on your family unknowingly. Right. Like <laughs> but you they have to deliver for you. Like it's this weird right. servant control dynamic. <laughs> like, I will serve you, but you better make me feel good about it. That's a yeah, tough spot no, for them. I, I, I've had uh, conversations with a couple of clients that are, that they highly value taking care of their family. I'm like, I'm down mm -hmm. for that. I'm, I'm here for it too. Yeah. I highly value it as well. But then it can't, comes out to a conversation that they are harboring resentment because they aren't getting enough appreciation and yeah, gratitude yes. back from them. Yeah. And it's like, you're, you're holding them emotionally hostage. It's like, mm -hmm. Hey, tell me how good I am, how strong I am, how great I've been for our family or else I'm going to stop doing the things that I always do. Like, yeah, that's that's not healthy for you or for them. So we, right. we got to find a different way. Right. Especially when your kid's four and they have no idea, they have no idea what you're dealing with. <laughs> right. Broad, exactly. broaden that lens a little bit. All right, man, I want to dive into five big questions around the topic of marriage. And I, I love what we're, what we're talking about here because it's a reminder that it's so much bigger than just the dynamic between you and your wife. There's just there's so much more. It's because it's too complicated people hanging out together for a really long time. <laughs> You've got to tend to the other parts of yourself too. But first question is why don't more men thrive in their marriage? And I'll say like, again, like going back to like just cool questions you're posting on Facebook, stuff you're digging into. I think it's, you know, definitely resonates with me. That's why we connected, but like, just what is it that, you know, there's something about this. And I think a ton of guys are not thriving in their marriage. Maybe they're doing you know, they're at the good enough stage, which is cool, right? Yeah. The, I'm okay with the Hippocratic Oath, first do no harm. That's fine. Yeah. But but there's more. And then there's, there. I think there's a, a call for more in, you know, kind of deep within us that we usually just kind of ignore. Why is yeah. that? Why, why, aren't, why aren't guys thriving more in their marriages? I think there's two big things that come to mind for me with this question about why guys aren't thriving or possibly aren't thriving. And the first one is the natural male tendency to th either think that we know everything and or um, act as if we know everything. Are you talking about other and, guys? Yeah, not us. 
other people, other people. I know people like that. <laughs> not us, Sam. Um, but the, the idea that like the, the jokey cultural joke is like guys don't ask for directions because they're in the car, they'll figure it out. There's a very real unconscious part of most guys that is, I'll figure it out. Yep. I, I don't need to ask questions. And when you are, like you said, hanging out with an imperfect person for a lifetime, there are going to be things that you need to ask to make sure that you are understanding them well enough. And mm. even if you've been with them for decades, mm -hmm. there are little, little subtle things that you need to make sure that you're getting the exact answer for or the exact information for before you try to act in a way that you think is noble or you think is loving or you think is care caring. Right. Um, because if you don't, you're going to start using these assumptions that you have as a dude. Like I'm figure, I know her. I've been with her for 20 years. I know that she likes this thing. People change, man. And especially after you go through having kids or career change yeah, or yeah. moving across country, like interests change, people change. And you have to just kind of stay on the ball of being open and asking questions and not assuming that they're the same person that you married 15 years ago. Yeah. Um, your 15 year anniversary, not talking about you, Sam. Um, <laughs> yeah. And it's funny too, because people change and sometimes people want to change, right? Like there's, there's stuff that my wife wants to do with her life differently now than even, you know, three or four years ago. But if I don't ask her that question, and it's funny too. I even see the dynamic differently from knowing what she wants to knowing what's quote unquote best, which probably just means most convenient for me at the time. <laughs> like, well, it's good for you. So I'm, it's actually just at hand. So we're just going to do this instead. Like there's a, there's a default that I think keeps guys from saying like, there's a next level I can play at. Right. Right. Yes. The, the, the easy and familiar is always going to be the first option that we take, not the yes. uncomfortable and the one that yes. might get to a, another level, making us grow a little bit. It's just the nature of being a yep. human being. So that was yep. the, the first thing was our nature of not wanting to ask for help and just kind of know, that, think yeah. that we know what we're doing. That's the first yeah. one. The second thing in terms of why guys don't thrive is the beginning of any relationship is, is very physical. Like obviously it's physical attraction. You're hitting things off. It's all kind of nuanced. It's new, but in time marriage, it's a lifetime thing. It is about an emotional bonding connection. You can't mm -hmm. get around it. It's no longer going to be about how good she looks in a miniskirt. It's not going to be about, you know, how great you look at the beach. It is going to be about how much you connect emotionally, what you care about, the, the values that you hold in these principles. Mm -hmm. And so many guys are, are handicapped when it comes to emotional expression mm -hmm. or emotional vulnerability that they just kind of default to the unconscious masculine role of I'm going to provide and I'm going to protect. I'm going to take care of my people. And that is going to be my way of showing love to these humans that I'm right. around. Yep. But unfortunately, and this is a beautiful gesture, by the way, there's, there's no, there's no one going to say like, Stop making money for your family. Stop taking That's care of your right. people. It's just that we have to understand that our role is, is much more vast than that. And especially in connection to our wife, our job is to be open-hearted. Our job is to make sure that they can see us, that they can hear what we have to say and vice versa. You know, they want mm -hmm. to know that no matter what's on their mind, what's on their heart, that they are safe in sharing that with you without judgment, mm -hmm. without getting weird and defensive. And, and so many guys are, like I said, handicapped in this this realm of understanding their emotions in a way that they can express them, but also be able to hear them from their wife. Because it, I've kind of joked in the past, like you complain about your wife being too emotional because you have no idea how to deal with your emotions. You run from yours. So as soon as hers comes up, hands up, she's too emotional. 
Like, no, she's just a human being, a feminine human being, which kind of natures on being emotional. That's fine. But the only way that you get to make this thing last in a meaningful, connected, deep way is really opening up to the idea that this is not about two human beings physically connecting for a lifetime. It is about emotional depth. And once you kind of create that and understand that it needs to be always revisited and never, never um, ignored, the marriage stuff kind of gets easy. Everybody says like marriage is really, really hard. It's challenging. You're going to have to have conversations that you don't like, that are uncomfortable, mm -hmm. that, that kind of push the boundaries of what feels okay to you. But it doesn't have to be a knockdown, drag out fight till you, you guys, you know, get to the end of this thing. It's, it's something that's Especially there, the same one over and over again. <laughs> it doesn't have to be the right. same knockdown, drag out fight. <laughs> like, right. It, doesn't, it shouldn't be. If it is, right, that means right. that you guys have some yes. patterns that need to be Yes. Addressed. Yes. Um, but those are the two big things that I see That's cool. from the guys that I work with is uh, the notion that we know what we're doing. And luckily, the guys that come to me, they finally have realized that maybe they don't know what they're doing and they could yeah. use some help. Yeah. So good for them. They've not they've checked that box. Then the second mm -hmm. one being the, the emotional um, intelligence piece and knowing that that isn't just like a cool thing to have as a husband. Like it is yeah. essential if you want to be a husband that takes care of their people for you know, forever as you agreed to when you got married. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Uh, so as we're all kind of on this journey, when weren't you thriving in this area uh, of marriage? Um, I mean, I kind of said that at the beginning of our, our marriage, when I became husband, that was me waking up and trying to be a better human. I would say that I wasn't a bad guy at all. I think I was still a pretty great husband and boyfriend and fiance. I, I, I think I showed up in a, a pretty good, uh, way in in that light i would say in terms of not thriving has been in moments where i have chosen to not have the hard conversation and just kind of suck mm -hmm. it up and do that manly thing of i'll figure it out uh, i'll i'll and you know the, it's pretty much what i do like i have unconsciously adopted the the idea of it'll be okay i'll find my way through i'll power through yeah. and whether it be not speaking up to my wife and or not having support and coaching in place for myself where I had a space where I can mm -hmm. say, this is what's going on. I don't know what's, what, what to do with this. Having yeah. someone that can kind of point out my blind spots and the things that I'm not doing well. Um, that's, that's when I kind of wasn't thriving to the level that I would say I am now. And I'm, I'm certainly not perfect, right? Like I, I know that all the things that I teach on all the things that I bring to the table for the guys and say, these are the good things that you should be doing. I don't do them 100% of the time because I'm an imperfect human being. Yeah. So, I would say that the times in which I was been, I have been the least thriving where maybe my wife was like, yo, let's get it together. <laughs> it's been when I have swept some stuff under the rug, cool. thinking that don't want to rock the boat here. Don't want to make her mad. And, and every time that we finally sat down and had the conversation, it hasn't been like the, it hasn't been like a Disney world level of fun, but on the other side, there's always clarity. There's always, like this peace and calm of understanding each other and, yes. and now being able to see both perspectives. Um, so yeah, in those moments, and this has only happened a few times, but I know that I've put off the conversation when it should have happened. That's, that's where it's been for me. Yeah. And I love that part too, because as I said, and, and this is the, the beginning of the book is talking about my journey to good enough. And I think the good enough part is like, well, I'm doing most things right. Like I'm not a jerk about it, whatever, but like, this is what I'm trying to dial in on is what, what are the keys to having a really awesome marriage? And it's this like, 
the, the path to not having a really awesome marriage isn't going out and having an affair. It's sweeping stuff under the rug. Like it, it is the little thing. So I love that you're talking about this. I think you're right on with it too, because it's something that, um, I don't know if you know the slide edge by Jeff Olson. Um, anyway, it's like, it's the things that are easy to do and they're just as easy not to do <laughs> that end up adding up in the long run. And so that's uh, a great point to bring out. Um, what, what does it look like to thrive in this core area and maybe expand a little bit? Maybe this is an expansion, a little bit of this, this, this piece, um, or, um, you know, this, this common understanding, common purpose that, that you might have in your marriage. I would say what it looks like to be thriving is to know that you don't know and always be open to what what's going to come as you continue to learn. I think even now, as I'm speaking this out loud, there's a part of me that thinks like, I'm really awesome at being a husband. And I know all of this stuff because I have read the books and I've received coaching and I've been coaching and I know all of these things but there's still things that I learn every single day. And it's, it's because I don't get defensive about what I know and tell my wife, like, I know better than you know. Like, it's because I am understanding that I still don't quite know things when I really take a step back. Um, it allows me to continue to grow. It allows her to continue to grow and us as a, as a pair to do that as well. And also just continuing to, to check in with what each other need. You know, mm. when we had our, our second kid, our son, um, in the, in the month that followed, I was kind of clear to my wife. I'm like, listen, I, um, I need to meditate and I need to exercise just a little, like, give me five, 10 minutes for each one. And I'm golden. But I never asked her like, what do you need though? <laughs> so it was, it was this notion of me kind of speaking my truth, which is important. Sharing it's very important. Food, right. Yes. But you know, it, it, uh, it took a little while for me to come around and, and notice that, um, every morning she was waking up to our crying son and that's just not the most fun to way to st way to start the day and and i would be downstairs like meditating or exercise i wake up and i, I i'd walk upstairs and i'd feel great and like, yeah more things yeah and i could just see it in her face like almost like an f you to me across the room so i you know started and maybe if you were meditating more deeply you'd know how i felt right exactly um so what I, I started telling, like, listen, we need to make some kind of some some agreements with the mornings where I still have some of this time, but my time will end and or just kind of be swapped out so that I can be with him when he wakes up. So that doesn't have to be your alarm clock because you deserve to have some time in the morning as well. And, you know, frankly, I was going back to work at a certain point and my wife was going to be yeah. home with a newborn yeah. and a three and a three year old who's very energetic. So she needed some space to kind of get clear her head, take a shower, get herself ready. So, you know, it, after a little while of, of figuring out what that would look like, it just kind of became this thing cool. where I would have a little bit of time and then I would tap out um, and, and say, all right, it's 7.15. From 7.15 to 7.45 or so, it's yours. Like you go into a room, yeah. close the door, you go take a shower, do what you need to do. I got this so that we, we both had our needs met before the day started because before that, I could have just kept kept hammering home like I need the meditation and I need the exercise that's important. And again, it is important. But if I'm doing it in a way that damages or takes away from any opportunity for her mm -hmm. to have something like that, that's not cool. So just really being open and asking the question of what do you need here, whether it be there in the bedroom, it doesn't matter. What do you need? 
and yeah. being able to receive that without getting defensive if it butts heads with what you want. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, it's awesome. Yeah. Cause it, it, as the role of provider and protector, what's cool is what she needs. And if you can then provide it, like that actually fills that role more rather than like being more of an encumbrance upon you. Like, wait a second, that then I can actually help you get that. Even if it's just getting out of your way. <laughs> I did that. Like, look at me. <laughs> I'm awesome. Oh, this is great. <laughs> All right, man. We, that's actually an awesome tool. Which I, I talk about tools, resources, strategies that you recommend for this, uh, whether it's like a book or something like that. That's a, How about that as a, every once in a while, when you're thinking about what you, what you need, stop for a second. I wonder what she needs as well. Any others that jump to mind for this tools, resources, strategies in this area of marriage? Um, I have a couple things that I um, I kind of help my guys understand. And like I was saying before, the emotional side of who we are is just not very well developed. I kind of joke sometimes that your physical maturity is going to happen without you doing anything. You're going to grow up. You're going to grow yep. a beard. You're going to you know sprout to a certain height. Like that's going to happen no matter what you do. Your emotional maturity is not going to be something that comes as naturally and you have to really work on it. So um, there is this this scale of emotions, a ladder of emotions that I kind of use with my guys to Mm. help them just kind of further their language about emotions in general. Because I if you this is something that I've heard from a couple guys. All I really know is happy, sad and angry. Those are the three emotions that resonate or at least they can know when they're in them. But when you look at the, the gamut of all the emotions that are out there, if your only context for how to express or understand your emotions is these three things, there's a lot of stuff to read between the lines. There's frustration, there's overwhelm, there's anxiety, there's joy, there's bliss. And it's almost like you're going into a foreign country and you only know how to say hello and goodbye. <laughs> and, and, and you're here to try to enjoy your experience in this foreign country, but you only know these two words. And everybody else is just kind of running around and speaking fluently and I, I say to the guys, like, in terms of you growing as a person so that you can, um, you know, bring that to your marriage, understanding yourself emotionally and understanding what each one looks like, what it feels like to you and how that resonates, it's like building a language to go and visit that foreign country so yeah. you can speak it more fluently. Um, so there's, it's called the Abraham Hicks Ladder of Emotions or Scale of Emotions. There's a bunch of different things that you could find on the internet. It's like one through 22. And it just shows you from top to bottom, the top being quote unquote positive emotions, bottom mm. being quote unquote negative emotions. Really it's at the at the top of the emotions, your energy's up, you have energy, it's a beautiful thing, joy, bliss, gratitude, all that stuff feels great. Bottom of the list, depression, um, grief, like these are very low energy, quote unquote positive or negative, doesn't matter. But just being able to see one through 22, oh, anxiety is, is something that, maybe fits between overwhelm and anger. I don't know, but giving them more context to this is what emotions are, man. Call it out rather than just saying I'm angry. Like, what is the the subtext of the anger? Where is it coming from? Are you angry because you don't know enough? Are you angry because you're projecting into the future? Maybe you're just anxious. So it's it's really just developing that skill set of what your emotions are, are trying to tell you so that in communication with your wife, who's probably pretty fluent in her emotions, you you know more than happy, sad, angry, and you That's can cool. say, I'm feeling overwhelmed right now. Oh, mm-hmm. okay. We can taltalk about overwhelm. If you call that angry, that that's two different things. So it just is really a, a resource to kind of help build up that 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 uh, language that we're pretty lacking in. 
Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And then when you can, when you name it, then you can actually have a conversation about it. That's, that's very freeing for guys to kind of get like into that nuanced level of, it's almost like if you're, I'm thinking about it like a playbook for football mm-hmm. and you have a defensive playbook and you have two plays. It's like, these are two ways I can react. That's all I got. <laughs> you start to build and be able to do, yeah, do, right. To be able to do more of these things, you don't, you're, you don't get run over nearly as much. You kind of, you have some, some ways to dig in. All right. The last question I have is about encouragement for men to thrive in their marriage. And, and the reason I ask is because we want to encourage, equip, and empower. But also, like I just think for guys who maybe are in a spot in their marriage, we talked about this at the outset, like, you know, they, they are looking at and unraveling what's happening, you know, and digging into their marriage, or maybe their marriage is unraveling. But like, there's something about this, like, you know, it's going to take some work. Yep. What, what encouragement do you have for guys to, to take those first steps or, or to, or to continue on this journey of uh, making their marriage something that is a source of real joy in their lives? Yeah. I would say that um, I think the, the difference between myself and maybe some of the other men's coaches, if you will, out there is there's a lot of coaches that kind of hammer home a message that is, is, dripping with shame and guilt like you should Mm. be better you should be doing better there's more to this life and you're wasting it yada 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 i come from a place that like let's just remove shame and guilt let's forgive ourselves let's give ourselves compassion because the last thing you want to do as you try to grow yourself and or your marriage is pile up a list of reasons that you're a piece of crap because carrying that baggage with you is is Mm -hmm. not going to be effective sometimes oftentimes pain or guilt or, or some branding of that starts a process of growth. Like you see yourself not showing up in the way that you want to, you feel like maybe I could be doing better. That might be the access point that brings you in. But trust me when I tell you, you're going to have to forgive that part of yourself. You're going to have to have some compassion for all the things that you've, you've been doing maybe quote unquote incorrectly and, and start to just allow some of that to, to be let go of because Chances are it came from some pattern that you adopted from your parents. Chances mm-hmm. are it was something that you saw in past relationships that scarred you. There's always a reason for why maybe you haven't show, been showing up in the way that you want to. Yeah. And carrying that reason and saying like, oh, I'm, I'm damaged goods. I'm, I'm too far gone. It's only going to trap you into the, the lack version of your marriage that you're experiencing right now. So you have to be able to see this process of growth and evolution as a gift of, of removing all of that stuff. It's not something that you want to bring with you. I think there's a lot of guys that will try to encourage you to, you should, you should live with the pain. You should be uh, shameful of who you've been uh, showing up as. And like, yeah, it might start the process and make you take a good look, hard look in the mirror. I, mm-hmm. I agree that it's probably a starting point for many guys, but the longer you carry that with you, the harder it's going to be to actually change because mm-hmm. you're going to stay with the identity of I'm this piece of crap. I'm, I'm the guy that, you know, emotionally cheated on my wife or I'm the guy that didn't show up for her and, and provide for the last 15 years. If you keep carrying that with you, it's only going to get harder. Yep. So see it as an opportunity to, to start the process. But as soon as you've started the process, start looking forward to who you're going to be instead. Um, what, what attributes, what energy you want to come from as a husband and, and let that lead the way rather than the old stuff that maybe brought you to the table because all that shame, the guilt, the, 
<clears throat> the self-loathing, it's not healthy for you. It's not healthy mm-hmm. for your marriage because the more that you project this, I'm not worthy, I'm not deserving, I'm kind of, I'm not a great guy. Eventually that's just going to be received. Like your wife is going to see that and be like, you know what? You're right. I'll see you later. You've convinced so me. <laughs> don't do that to yourself. Yes. Just allow yourself yep. to yep. understand that you are human. Forgive some of that stuff that you went through and, and let it be done and walk through awesome. into the other side of, of who you get to be at that point, because we all have the opportunity to change. It's just a matter of, are we going to embrace it or stay stuck in the old way and say that that's just who I am and, and live that way forever. It's, it doesn't have to be that way. It's awesome. Nick, this has been really, really cool. Uh, thank you for, for giving of your time to uh, made to thrive, but also just to, to your clients and, to your wife and kids, man, it, it's it's been fun to just talk through this journey that you're on and uh, excited to see where it takes you. Yeah, Sam. I had a great time, man. Thank you for having me. Thanks again to Nick for joining us on Made to Thrive. Uh, really cool conversation. I love what he talked about, especially at the beginning. We, he talks about learning and learning how to be a husband and a father uh, and just kind of approaching that just like he would. If you think back to uh, Mitch Matthews, uh, who uh, we met in episode 16, uh, his whole thing of dream, think, do is, is trying to take the scientific method to anything new that we tackle. And it kind of does that same sort of thing and um, has been really applying his, uh, his craft and, and has now been able to turn around and coach guys to do that as well. You can find out all about what Nick's doing at The Evolved Man by just going to today's show notes. That's madeathrive.coach slash 058. Again, made to thrive.coach slash 058 for episode 58. And uh, just be able to connect with Nick on the social media channels that he's on and, and learn more about what he's doing. Check out his book. Just really, really cool. But I, I want to make sure that we're, we're getting this idea of this transferable skills, which is really going to be a theme, especially as we're moving into uh, a launch of um, some programs that we're working on here at Made to Thrive. But transferable skills really give you more power and more agency than maybe you might first realize. And so uh, I'm so glad he brought that up. (laughs) That was a cool way to kick off our interview. And uh, just really appreciate that Nick knows that being a great husband and a great father is worth doing the work. Um, And I know that many women and kids feel the same way. So just encourage you to do the work, do the the heavy lifting that's required uh, to be able to level up in, in all areas of your life, but also that's so rewarding not just for the people around you, but for yourself as well. Uh, looking forward to our conversation we're going to uh, have next week. Uh, we're going to go back to the finance side, but with a, an amazing guest, uh, Brad Barrett from ChooseFI.com. If you don't know ChooseFI yet, you're going to get an awesome introduction. Uh, Brad is the man and uh, has really helped a lot of people reframe how they look at their finances especially their relationship between their career and their retirement. Uh, so make sure you're looking out for that next week. Uh, go ahead and hit subscribe wherever you listen to this. And if you haven't already, uh, check, check out madetothrive.coach and the free assessment we have over there to see how you're doing in the seven core areas. Look forward to talking to you next week. Thanks for listening to Made to Thrive. Check out madetothrive.coach for resources and coaching to help you thrive in every area of your life. And get your free assessment at amithriving.com. Talk to you soon.